Welcome to the I Am Woman Project. I am your host, Catherine Plano. I am a creative soul adventurer, a modern day alchemist, and on a mission to empower the conscious people of this world, those who seek to learn, grow, understand, and become the very best version of themselves that they can be. Every week, we have thought leaders, change instigators, and inspirational human beings from around the globe that offer you profound teachings and recent discoveries from the world of neuroscience, positive, cognitive, and spiritual psychology to help you build wealth, health, love, and achieve lasting transformation. So join us here every week for new lessons on how to lead a life that matters, how to escalate your life after failure, and how to inject more meaning connection and resilience into your life and your business. As a way to thank our guests for their time, energy and wisdom, we would love to demonstrate our appreciation, gratitude and admiration. We would love to hear from you. What was your key takeout from today's session? By writing a review in Apple Podcasts with our guest's name and insight. And when you do, please make sure to take a photo and send your photo to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will send you a personalized cosmic blueprint for free. It's a report based on your unique birth chart to discover your true calling and how you can best make a difference in the world. Thank you. This week, I am super, super, super excited about our guest. We have the beautiful Julia Cameron. Hailed by the New York Times as the Queen of Change, Julia Cameron is credited with starting a movement in 1992 that has brought creativity into the mainstream conversation in the arts, in business, and in everyday life. She is the best-selling author of more than 40 books, fiction and non-fiction, a poet, songwriter, filmmaker, and playwright. She has multiple credits in theatre, film, and television, including an episode of Miami Vice, which featured Miles Davis, Elvis, and the Beauty Queen, which starred Don Johnson. She was a writer on such movies as Taxi Driver, New York, New York, and The Last Waltz. Julia wrote, produced, and directed the award-winning independent feature film, God's Will, which premiered at the Chicago International Film Festival and was selected by the London Film Festival, the Munich International Film Festival, and the Women in Film Festival, among others. Commonly referred to as the godmother or high priestess of creativity. Her tools are based in practice, not theory, and she considers herself the floor sample of her own toolkit. The artist's way has been translated into more than 40 languages and sold over 5 million copies to date. It's now time to tune into this one very inspirational human being. Enjoy. So today we have a very special guest for you. We have the beautiful Julia Cameron. Welcome to the I Am Woman Project. Thank you. It's good to be here. 
Good to have you on the show and I'm really excited to get into our conversation. I love what you do and I'm sure our listeners will too. The way that we love to start the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to share her unique story. So Julia, tell us, what inspired you to do what you do today? Well, I think it comes from coming from a large family where when we learned something, we turned around and taught it to our siblings. So what happened with me was that I began to find ways to unblock, uh, and I immediately thought, oh, I should share these. Uh, and so I did. Uh, and so the artist's way sort of grew organically out of a desire to help people. So for our listeners, uh, The Artist Way, A Spiritual Path to Higher Creativity is Julia's book. And New York Times said says that you are the queen of change. Yes. I, yes. I was flattered when they said that. Yeah. Uh, the, book, the book has sold 5 million copies. Wow. Uh, and I found myself feeling like, Oh, a reluctant celebrity. Oh, and um, you have many, many books. But let's unpack The Artist's Way. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, The Artist's Way is a book that has as its basic premise the fact that we are all creative. I think that we have a lot of mythology, negative mythology around creativity, it says only a few people are creative. Uh, only a few people are given the divine spark. Uh, and what I said was, no, we're all creative. So if you use a few simple tools, which I've used myself, then you will be able to become more creative, uh, more free, more expansive, happier. Uh, and uh, I think that it was the the promise of the book that we could continue to expand and grow uh, beyond our conditioning that was responsible for the book's success. I, I have to agree with you. I love that when people say to me, uh, sometimes they'll say in a workshop, I'm not creative. And I used to always say, and I still to this day, by the way, I will say that if you've got the right side of your brain, you're creative. You can tap into your creativity. So you mentioned that there's some simple tools. What would be some simple tools out of the artist's way for us to use? Well, I think the first tool uh, and the one for which I'm known is called Morning Pages. Uh, and they are three pages of longhand morning writing that you do first thing upon awakening. Uh, and what they do is they set a trajectory for you for the day. Uh, and they help you uh, to go forward with your own agendas rather than the agendas of others. Uh, and I think particularly for this show, where we're talking about being women, we are trained as women to put others first. Uh, and the artist's way says, no, put yourself first. So morning pages are three pages of longhand writing that 
expand you uh, and train you to risk uh, and train you to get in touch with what you might want to call your higher power, your muse, your older and wiser self, uh, or just a good story. So how does one do that? Because I know for me, I love journaling. I do a lot of writing. and But for me, it's it's uh initially when i first started it was more about what are you thinking what are you feeling what are your intentions for the day so for our listeners i'm sure they're very curious how does one go about it do you just sit there with your journal i like i create a bit of a ritual like to light a candle and and have my tea and then just whatever pours out do you have a a method or do you have steps or do you have questions or inquiries you ask yourself before you write your morning pages no, morning pages are free form. So the first thing that comes to your mind is the first thing you put to the page. So they are a way of describing where you are at, what you are up to, where you want to go. Uh, and they are very positive. Uh, and you find yourself saying, oh, I didn't know I felt like that. That's tremendous. That's beautiful. And I'm thinking uh, for me, I think that when I look back at some of my journaling that I've done over time, I can no longer relate to that person. Have you ever experienced that, Julie, when you look back at some of those morning pages? Do you think you look at, because obviously we evolve over time, but do you ever look at that and go, well, I can't connect with that person anymore? No, I find that I do connect, that there is a through line, a continuity, a, a sense of self uh, that perks up from the very beginning when you start morning pages uh, and 10 years later when you're still doing morning pages, you find yourself saying, oh, I connect. So I, I think... Uh, that it's important to realize that it's a tool of continuity. Uh, and the second tool, which we should talk about, uh, is a tool called an artist's date. Uh, and uh, what it is, is once a week, go do something festive and frivolous that just enchants you, that's just sheer fun. Uh, and what I find when I am teaching is that if I say, I have a tool for you. It's a nightmare. You have to get up 45 minutes early. They say, oh, morning pages. I'd be delighted to do that work because they can see how the work leads to greater creativity. But when you say, now I want you to go play, they say, play? What does play have to do with working on our creativity? But I say to them, you know, we have an expression, the play of ideas, uh, and we don't often realize it's a prescription, uh, and it's a prescription for play, and you will have ideas. I love that. And I think that when you play, it's it bubbles up the ideas, doesn't it? You've got these the creativity, you're sparking your creativity by playing. I would love to hear, what are some examples, when you're talking about once a week, uh, the artist date, what would be some of those dates uh, as uh, some examples? 
well, for example, you might go to a children's bookstore uh, and read a book for an eight-year-old that says all about reptiles or all about big cats or all about choo-choo trains. So you might go to a children's bookstore. You might go to a florist shop uh, and just allow yourself to smell the wonderful aphrodisiac smells of the flowers. You might um, you might take yourself on a walk in a strange neighborhood where you notice your environment. You might take yourself uh, swimming. So it's just anything that enchants you. And I think it's important not to be too serious. Uh, I think that if we get too serious, uh, we dampen our creativity. Uh, and if we are playful, we wake up our creativity. Mm, I love that. And when you were talking about some examples, I was thinking of um, going to a chocolatier with lots of chocolate and looking at all the different, you know, the handmade chocolates and walking through um, nature as well. Uh, as when you talked about enchanting, I was thinking about a forest. Yes. Mm. You you said earlier on, you talked about um you got into writing as a way to unblock. Uh, a, a blo unblock. Were you talking about unblocking? Uh, are we talking about barriers or obstacles, or when you were, we're talking about unblocking? Well, what we're talking about is unblocking obstacles, because what I have found is that many people are profoundly creative, and that. It, are afraid to exercise that creativity. They have a fear of rejection. Uh, they have a, a fear of failure. Uh, and that constitutes a potent block. Uh, and many of us grew up with parents who were all well-meaning, but if they said to them, I think I want to be a writer, they'd say, oh, darling. Don't you think you might need something to fall back on? Uh, and the, this is not what they would say if you had announced, oh, I think I want to be a banker. So true. You say so true. I watched a, um, a, a documentary on Gaia and it was um, they were interviewing a whole lot of different authors, famous authors, and uh, authors like yourself. And the question was, when they were growing up, they always loved writing, but it was exactly what you say. Their parents were saying, there's no money in that. There's no, there's no future in that. There's no career in that. But they followed their heart. Yes. I think that people who follow their heart find themselves in possession of their dreams. Mm, so true. So how does one – so let, let's say there are some blocks – how does one become aware of their blocks? Because I know that some of these blocks, when you mentioned fear of rejection and fear of failure, I think sometimes these are very deeply ingrained into that deeper part of our unconscious and subconscious mind. So how do we become aware of these blocks? Well, this is why we do morning pages. Morning pages are an excavation tool. They dig down deep inside. And you find yourself saying, oh, I'm afraid. 
Oh, I'm worried about rejection. Oh, I don't need to be afraid to be rejected. I can take risks. And what morning pages do is that they form a witness for our life. A lot of us are, I want to say, lonely. Uh, And the loneliness is something that is greatly combated by morning pages because they say, that's how you really feel. That's fine. All parts of you are welcome here. I love that. And so when you were talking about connecting, you talked about connection and connecting with the higher self. Do you set your intention to connect as your way that I'm going to write my morning pages as a way to connect with the higher self or it just automatically happens over time that you're rocking up every morning to do these morning pages and you're making that connection? I think it's automatic. I don't think you need to consciously set an intention to be, quote, more spiritual. What happens is that as you work with the tools, as you work on your creativity, your spirituality deepens. Uh, And as you work on your spirituality, your creativity deepens. So the two of them are intertwined. Mm. So when you think about spirituality, in your own words, what does that mean for you? Because everyone has their own perception about what spirituality is all about. Well, I have an expression, uh, a line from the poet Dylan Thomas, the force that through the green fuse drives the flower. Uh, And that's my conception of creativity and spirituality is that it's a profound creative energy that moves to us and through us. Oh, that just gave me goosebumps, Julia. That's beautiful. So from my understanding, as we're writing these morning pages, these blocks are coming up for us. And it's not that we have to find the solution for these blocks. These automatically uh, happen. These blocks become unblocked as we're writing our morning pages. Is that correct? That's absolutely correct. So we don't have to, if we've got limiting beliefs or fear of rejection or fear of failure, not to worry about it because through our morning pages they will just naturally dissolve. Yes, and I sometimes think I sound like a fanatic because when people say to me, well, how do you unblock? I say, try morning pages. And when they say to me, but I don't understand how it works, I say, try morning pages that it's an experiential tool, uh, and uh, you can't explain it. Uh, You have to feel it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that when you're talking about it's got to come from the heart. What what has been some of the results or feedback you've received from uh, people doing morning pages on a regular basis? Well, it's a wonderful thing. When I go out to teach, it's like I'm visiting a garden The book has planted the seeds, and the seeds are sprouting. Uh, And people will say, Julia, I used your tools, and now I'm a novelist. Or, Julia, I used your tools, and I'm a sculptor now. Or, Julia, I used your tools, and I just directed my first feature film. So 
the the success stories are varied uh, and uh, and wonderful, uh, and I never get tired of hearing them. Uh, I feel like uh, it's just a a wonder that people have a chance to unblock themselves in so many different ways. So I've had, uh, you know, I, I want to say clearly, you don't have to be a declared artist to use the morning pages. I've had judges tell me I'm more fair on the bench. <laughs> I've had uh, lawyers tell me I argue a better case. I've had dancers tell me, you know, my balance has improved. So you don't have to be a, a, an artist in so many words in order to experience the benefits. Wow, that's profound. So why is there a reason why three pages? Yes, it's because three pages is the right amount. If you do two pages, you don't get into your deeper thoughts. If you do four pages, you get too far into your deeper thoughts and you render yourself immobile. Three pages seems just about perfect. Uh, and as I said before, at this point, we have five million people doing three pages. Uh, and I, I think that's the proof in the pudding. Absolutely. And so when you're talking about pages, I'm sure our listeners are curious of, of this as well. Are you talking about an A4 size or are we talking about like a journal size, something like this, something small? No, we're not talking small because if we use a small size, we miniaturize our thoughts. We don't have enough room to express what we need. So A4 is perfect. Uh, it gives you just enough space to have your thoughts uh, and enough discipline to be able to stop at three pages. So through your experience of the morning pages, what has been some of your greatest lessons learned thus far or epiphanies throughout your writing? I, I would say that morning pages have trained me to take risks. I was doing morning pages for 15 years, uh, and I asked in my morning pages, what should I do next? And then I listened, uh, and I heard, you will be writing radiant songs. And I thought, oh, no, <laughs> I'm 45 years old. If I were the least bit musical, I would know it. But they kept insisting, you will write radiant songs, uh, and I went to a girlfriend's house, uh, and I said to her, I keep praying, and I keep writing morning pages, and I keep being told I'm going to write songs, and I don't think it's likely. Uh, and she said, why don't you go sit down by the creek? Uh, and so I went down the hill from her house to a little Rocky Mountain stream, and I sat on a rock, and I was sort of half-assed meditating uh, and um, all of a sudden I heard my green heart is filled with apples 
Your dark face is filled with stars. I am the one that you've forgotten. You are the one my heart desires. So dance when you think of me. Sing to remember me. Sing till my heart can see who we are. Dance when you think of me. Sing to remember me. Sing till your heart can see who we are. And I thought, oh, my God, I think it's a song. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm going to give you a clap for that. That was super amazing. Oh, my God. I have got t- like my eyes are like filling up and my heart is. Be- oh, that was so beautiful, Julia. You have got a beautiful voice, too. You can Thank sing. You. Yeah. Wow. So when you say they, are you talking about your higher self, your guides and guardians? When I say they? Yeah, when you say they, because so you, in your writing, you said, what should I do next? And you say they, they said, they said about you writing songs. Okay. I, I do experience what I would call higher forces uh, and, um, I know there are people who would say, oh, that's angels. But my experience is that they're happy to remain anonymous. Uh, and, uh, but I do experience them uh, just sort of intuitively as plural, uh, that there is more than one helper helping out. Uh, and I, I think that it's... It's a wonderful experience to open yourself up to the possibility of guidance. Uh, And so what I say is write your morning pages and then ask a question. Uh, And when you ask a question, keep it simple uh, and see what the answer comes back to you. Uh, And very often the answer that comes back is much more simple and direct uh, than our tortured thinking. Mm. So I guess that would link into another book that um, sparked my interest was The Listening Path, The Creative of Attention. So this is when we're doing our morning pages, asking simple questions and then just listening into the message. Yes, that's one thing that we do. That's part of the listening path. What's the others? Well, there are six parts to the listening path, so we probably don't have time to go into all of them. But what I would say is it starts out by paying profound attention to your environment uh, and listening to the cues and clues of your life. Uh, And what you find is that there are many people who don't listen. When you have a conversation, they're waiting for what they're going to say next. Uh, and they don't have a profound connection to you. So the second step in the listening path is don't interrupt. Listen carefully. The third step is try listening to your higher self. Uh, And that's the guidance that I was talking about, uh, where you begin to hear uh, guidance back. Uh, And you may or may not experience it as plural, but Uh, That's what I feel. 
and then the next tool is one which I was worried when I wrote the book, oh, people are going to think Julia's a nutcase, that she's too woo-woo, because the next tool is reaching beyond the veil and communicating with people whom you love who have passed on. So what I found when I taught was that this was actually the favorite chapter of the book, and people didn't think it was too woo-woo. They thought, oh, I've just been waiting for someone to give me permission to try this. So that's what I do. Mm, and next- I, oh, go on, go on. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm just, uh, no, I'll let you finish. I, I think I interrupted you. I'll ask the question once you finish. Okay, I was going to say the next tool is listening to our heroes, which is trying to reach to people that we admire that we didn't know personally. Uh, and uh, they may be people that have attributes that we wish we had. Uh, and I had a girl say to me recently, I reached to my hero. My hero was Einstein. And today I'm smarter. That is so cool. So reaching to our heroes is the next layer. Uh, And then the final layer of the listening path is listening to silence. Uh, And what I find is that a lot of people are frightened of silence. Uh, They are worried about what they're going to hear if they try to get silent. They're intimidated. They think, oh, no, now she's going to talk about meditation. Uh, And instead of saying meditation, I say listening. Just try listening. Uh, And what happens when you listen is that you experience what I call the still small voice, which is the voice of guidance. I am so curious, and I've, I can see why, as you were saying, the um, the one that sparked most interest was reaching beyond the veil or listening to our heroes. How does one do that? I do it on the page. I say, can I hear from X? I have two women that I hear from all the time. Uh, one is an actress. Uh, and the other is a horsewoman. And both of them respond promptly and warmly and calmly. Uh, And they say, there's no error in your path. There's no need for anxiety. You're doing well. You're carefully led. Uh, And when I hear their guidance, I relax. Uh, It strikes me as calming Uh, and supportive. Uh, And I think that for people who are not used to writing, uh, telling them very simply, can I hear from X, uh, is a a good prompt. So even if you're not good at writing, you could actually bring forward, can I hear from, it could be an author, an author that's passed over as a way to support your writing. Could you do that, Julia? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. You mentioned the first one, environment. Uh, The other thing that came to mind with environment, are we talking about 
be aware of what's happening around you. Um, I, I really, I have this thing where I believe that our environment is a, is not a clue as to what is going on in the mind because we're projecting it into our environment or into our life as our reality. Is that what you mean by environment? Yes, I mean our our surroundings, our our immediate world. So I think that we have many of us unpleasant sounds in our immediate world. And we've tried to tune them out. Uh, and what I say is, don't try and tune them out. Try and tune them in. Listen. Listen and see what it is you could change if you would change. Uh, and you might find, well, I have a terrible sounding alarm clock. Uh, and a little bit of shopping and you find, oh, now I have a mellow alarm clock. So you're you're keeping a log of what sounds are part of your daily life. Uh, you may find when you're driving to work that you take a very busy road uh, and there's lots of honking uh, and unpleasantry driver to driver. Uh, and you find yourself thinking, well, is there a simpler road? It might be a little slower, but it might be sweeter. So you t you then assign yourself, I'm going to drive the sweet road. Mm, so that I call that listening to the signs. Yes. 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 So that's what, so when you're talking about environment, it's about being aware of the signs and knowing that there we have a choice. There's always an alternative. So the other thing that comes to mind, first of all, I want to do apologize. Your second one was don't interrupt. And as you got to your third one, I was really curious as to how do you is one listen to higher self and I interrupted. So a thousand apologies. Isn't that uncanny that that, that happened? Uh, the thing that comes to mind here is the um, listening to silence, which I love because what happens is instead of being mindful or, or or meditating, you're actually just activating that part of the the sense of the ear. Um, what does one do when? And I I, I can see why people uh, probably resist the sitting with within silence because it depends on the narratives uh, and the stories and and the the negative even the the dialogue that's going on internally. What would you say to those people that do have that kind of negative voice or internal voice or dialogue? would say try to do a very little amount I would say why don't you try don't try for 20 minutes right off the bat try for two tune in for two uh, and what I find is when I miniaturize the assignment people become more comfortable uh, when I say I want you to just sit quietly and listen uh, and come back with a positive insight. Uh, I had a, a friend named Jerry, uh, and Jerry said, Julia, I'm terrified of silence. Uh, and I said, well, how about two minutes of silence? And he said, I'm used to all my devices. I have my my radio, my television, my email, 
Uh, and uh, I'm always tuned in. And I said, well, for two minutes, try turning off your devices and let me know what happens. Uh, and he said, two minutes, that's all. And I said, two minutes, that's all. Uh, and I got off the phone from him and I waited. And two minutes later, my phone rang and it was Jerry. And he said, the most amazing thing happened. I turned off my devices. I sat in silence and listened. And I had a wonderful, productive idea about what to do at work this week. Would you call that insight? And I said, well, you can call it insight. You can call it inspiration. You can call it a hunch. You can call it intuition. But what what I hope you found was that silence was benevolent. Oh, that's beautiful. Well said. Thank you so much. Julie, what do you think is one quality that everyone must have? One quality that everyone must have? Mm. What do you think that one quality must uh, that everyone must have? I don't know how to answer that question. Mm. It, it's uh, everyone. Um, it could be as simple as that. One quality could be love. Uh, one quality could be, um, you know, having grit. Uh, what would be that one quality that you think that everyone must have? I want to say intuition. I think that many of us have an experience of a hunch or guidance uh, and we sort of set it to one side. Uh, and then when we say, did you experience intuition? We go, oh, yes, actually I did. Uh, and so I think intuition, uh, which is really another word for, for higher spiritual guidance, is something that comes to all of us. Oh, I love that. And I, I think that a lot of the times that goes back to the listening piece. We don't listen to our intuition because I know I know that I've done this myself. Intuitively, I pick up on something. I, I don't I ignore it or my mind gets in the way of mm -hmm. what I am feeling. And then it's only I ended up finding later on down the track that I was I should have listened right from the start. So that's a very yeah. powerful one. Mm, thank you. So as we start wrapping up the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick one word that best describes her personal brand. Julia, what would be that one word for you? That describes my personal brand? Mm. Joyous. Oh, love that. And the last question that we love to ask our woman of inspiration is to share three shiny golden nuggets for our listeners. So what would be like three practical exercises that you would like to leave for our audience today? Okay, so there are three basic tools in the listening path and in the uh, artist's way. The first one is morning pages, which we've talked about at some length. The second one is an artist date, which is something that's festive and enjoyable and gives you a sense of a benevolent universe. And the third tool is very simple, and it's simply try taking a walk. Try taking a walk. So I would say morning pages, artist dates, and walks 
are the three tools that if you do them, you will have a creative breakthrough, I promise. Oh, that's a big statement, you promise. So how long do we walk for? About 20 minutes. Okay. doesn't have long. And do you walk with an intention that I'm going to come back with an idea or you just go for a walk? You just go for a walk. Just like when you have a shower, like when you, I hear so many people say, uh, you know, when they've come up with a great idea, it happened in their shower. And you're saying yeah. it can happen in your walk. Yes. I love that. I love that. So, Julia, where is the best place for our listeners to find you? Well, they would go to juliacameronlive.com uh, and there's a file there for, called Julia's Art. Uh, and you have uh, a series of plays that I've written, songs that I've written. You heard me sing a little bit. Uh, I have musicals that I've written. Uh, and just this week, I posted a feature film that I directed, a romantic comedy. So the it's a very rich resource, uh, and it's free. Congratulations. That's beautiful. And for our listeners, I highly recommend check out Julia uh, Cameron's page and all her books as well. Uh, you've written quite a few books. How many books have you written in total? About 40. Yeah, there's lots of books. Uh, look, Julia, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. I feel elevated. I feel um, joy uh, after investing some time with you. You're such a beautiful soul. Thank you so much for your time and your energy. And I know, I know within my heart that a lot of people are going to reach out to you. So thank you, thank you, thank you from my heart for coming on the show. You're very welcome. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so very much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard and this topic really resonated with you and you think it will help others, please share the show with your friends to help us make a difference. And if you want to be part of our mission to help empower the conscious people of this world to learn and grow, then the best way to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes or please subscribe to the show. The more subscribers, the better the speakers for the show, which then means more value for you so that together we can help the world become a better place. Don't give it another thought. Hit that subscribe button and help people get their weekly lessons. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an ebook to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katrinplano.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can also follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Catherine Plano. Until next week, please take care of yourself. Much love and gratitude. Thank you.